Mother never owned a house. If she was living in one for any length of time, it meant she wasn't making a movie. It meant she was out of work. My early life consisted of boarding schools and, depending on where Mother was shooting her latest film, rented houses. On my vacations, I would join her in these strange, impersonal places. Sometimes there was a strange, impersonal man living there, too. When I was 15, she was stuck with me for Christmas vacation in one of those houses. She pointed to the indoor swimming pool. You can swim when it rains, she beamed. I would paddle around in the giant pool while the raindrops and the acorns dropping from the oaks pounded the glass ceiling. In a corner of the room stood a white flock tree, tilting precariously and shimmering with yuletide decorations. Next to it, Brent or Bert or Bart, I never quite got his name, wearing an early version of a Speedo, sat in a deck chair, watching me. On the wet, hard floor, I offered up my virginity, and he took it with brutal efficiency. After Christmas, he got tossed out with the tree, and Mother viewed me as a competitor from that moment on. Maybe that's what I had wanted, I thought now, stripping off my clothes and walking down the steps into the water. It was as warm as I remembered. Outside, the oak trees spread their branches over the glass ceiling, dropping their acorns on the roof. Plonk, plonk. I smiled and began to swim. Twenty-four years later, I had come back to this place that was never ours to say goodbye to Mother. Taking long, easy strokes back to the shallow end, I came up for air, blinking chlorine from my eyes. Jesus Christ, Diana, you're naked. Stunned, Celia Dario stood on the deck above me in five-inch heels, calves tight, black chiffon blouse tucked into a short tangerine-colored skirt. Her long, raven hair was twisted into a chignon, making her look professional and chic. A man in a black jacket, white dress shirt, and jeans stood next to her, staring at me with deep brown, solemn eyes. Oh, hell. I crouched low in the water, trying to cover myself. This is my client, Mr. Ward, she said, trying to regain her equilibrium. Sorry, I thought you said he wasn't going to be here for another half hour, that I had time to, not to take all your clothes off, just to look at the house where you lived for fifteen minutes of your life. Taking a deep breath, she turned to her client. I'm sorry for all this. She waved manicured fingernails in my direction. Her client still hadn't taken his eyes off me. He was about six feet tall, firm body but not heavily muscled. His bent nose seemed to have taken a few punches. His dark brown hair, graying at the temples, waved back from his lean face. He had a matter-of-fact self-possession that was beginning to irritate me. You could turn your back, I told him. Why? I've seen everything there is to see. His somber lips slid into a smile, and suddenly he was charming, which was even more irritating. I pushed my determinedly blonde hair back from my face. Do you have a towel? I asked Celia. No, I don't have a towel, she snapped. You look familiar, the man said. Which part of me? Celia shifted into her best realtor mode. This is the actress Diana Poole, she continued, sensing an unexpected sale point.
Her mother, Nora Poole, the famous movie star, just died last week. She rented Casabella. Yes, the house had name. She died here? he asked. In most house sales, death is not a selling point. But in Hollywood, it's important for homes to have a lurid history of the famous living badly and dying even more badly in their mansions.